Well, isn't it interesting how we went straight from celebrating Christmas to a series of martyrs? We had St. Stephen, we had St. Thomas Becket, we had the Holy Innocents, we had St. John, not technically a martyr, but attempts of his martyr, uh, at his martyrdom happened during his lifetime. And he was celebrated right in there. And in one of those, one of those days, one of the antiphons in the church's liturgy, I think gave, gives us an insight as to why that is. Why we go straight from Christmas to the martyrs. And it said, Lord, these little ones praise you and skip with joy like lambs, for you have set them free. This was, of course, on the Feast of the Holy Innocents. Lord, these little ones praise you and skip with joy like lambs, for you have set them free. That points to this great mystery that joy and suffering are intrinsically connected. We can't really separate the two. Not for too long, anyways. We know when we're experiencing joy, the suffering is around the corner. And maybe when we're experiencing suffering, we can be grounded in the hope that joy is around the corner. And we see that here in these symbols, right? We have the altar, symbol of suffering, a symbol of the sacrifice of Christ, and of course, Christ himself on the cross. And then we have here the nativity scene, the baby Jesus, the great joy of Christmas. So the church wants to tell us, now that we've received Jesus in Christmas, Now we can move forward and endure all of the trials in life, even martyrdom. And it's better to go into the suffering, into the trials, even into martyrdom, than trying to avoid them. I'll read a paragraph from a current psychologist. His name is Jordan Peterson. And he watched his wife going through tremendous suffering, suffering from cancer. And he watched her developing her prayer life during this time. And he said this, she, his wife, wasn't praying to live. She wasn't praying that God would provide her a special dispensation. She was praying that she would conduct herself as appropriately as could possibly be managed given the situation at hand. That's what it means in some sense to put yourself in the hands of God. You don't know what the outcome is. Maybe it is that you live, and maybe it isn't. But what you can pray for is that you handle what is thrown at you in the best possible manner, whatever that is. That can be a very demanding aim. That's a terrible thing to be called upon to do, but all other pathways merely make hell deeper. I'll read that last line again. And again, he's saying this about his wife, but in the context of Christmas and the days after Christmas, we can see this about Mary, Mary too. That's a terrible thing to be called upon to do, not only to deliver her son, the savior of the world, into life, but of course already pointing forward to the cross, delivering him to the cross. That's a terrible thing to be called upon to do. But all other pathways merely make hell deeper. So to not avoid suffering, to not avoid the cross, but to go into it, 
to receive it as as difficult as it is as it is as a gift because this allows us to be closer to Christ Christ crucified Christ on the cross and the more we do this the more that this antiphon becomes true for us as well Lord these little ones praise you and skip with joy like lambs for you have set them free now today we're celebrating two great saints Saints Gregory Nazianzen and St. Basil the Great. They're bishops and doctors of the church, and they're marked in a special way by, the, by their friendship to each other. Their friendship is partly what allowed them to endure all the sufferings of their lives. And there's a beautiful sermon by St. Gregory Nazianzen expounding on this. And I'll just read a paragraph. It says, Our single object and ambition was virtue and a life of hope in the blessings that are to come. We wanted to withdraw from this world before we departed from it. With this end in view, we order our, ordered our lives and all our actions. We followed the guidance of God's law and spurred each other on to virtue. If it is not too boastful to say, we found in each other a standard and rule for discerning right and wrong. Different men have different names, which they owe to their parents or to themselves, that is, to their own pursuits and achievements. But our great pursuit, the great name we wanted, was to be Christians, to be called Christians. So to have this great aim of virtue, of developing virtue in this life, this is, in the Christian tradition, what it means to be happy, is to be virtuous. Happy isn't to just have joy when joy comes. No, no. Happy is to be virtuous. And to be virtuous allows one to be joy when it's proper to have joy. And to suffer well when it's proper to suffer. Now, this doesn't happen on our own merits, on our own efforts. We cooperate with it, surely. But it's really a path of surrendering to God. So in closing, I'll just read again the psalm that we just heard. The beautiful Psalm 23. So helpful in times of trial. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Beside restful waters he leads me, he refreshes my soul. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side with your rod and your staff that give me courage. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. Because the Lord is my shepherd, and there is nothing I shall want.